Hello, and welcome back to Spill, where we talk about anything and everything under the sun. I'm Sierra. And I'm Parker. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. It's a special episode, and we'll get into that um, after we do a little little catch-up. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we're really excited for this week's episode. Um, We also are so excited. Miss Avery Pulley is coming with us to Taylor Swift. Um, So to everyone who entered and supported us thank you if you're still around after the tiktok giveaway thank you to the many people who unfollowed and canceled us you know we wish you well this is we me. wish this you is well me waving bye <laughs> <laughs> you know See it's ya. fine it was to be expected. i get it though no yeah. it's really when when you put yourself out there are vulnerable you have to expect that some people are gonna bite back by unfollowing you and we we had some people do that, you know, but it... And that's fine. It's fine. But we also had a lot of people who stick who stuck around. And if you're listening, we're grateful for you. Anyone who's listening, anyone we out there in, in the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's yeah. get into it. What did you do? What have you been up to since this we weekend. last saw each other? Well, we saw each other on Saturday. So that that's was a true. total of um, two days ago. That's true. Um, what else have I, I just worked. I know I said that last week, but I feel like I just have been doing that. And then Saturday was a busy day. I worked the day, which I hated, but, um, it was fine. And then we had a party at Kylie and Eric's house and it was very fun. Yeah. We had our annual karaoke bash to celebrate Miss Kylie Georgia and Miss Kelsey Lynn. Um, the and it is birthdays. honestly one of my favorite nights of the year. Same. It is so much fun. I think we figured out that was like our fourth time doing that because we did it in 2020. So that would have been our fourth time, right? Yeah. 2020, 2021, 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. My voice hoarse. I could not speak the but next day. I will day. say Sierra is a great performer and every year she never disappoint, disappoints. I look forward to it every year. Oh, I genuinely, like, I I'm, I was so excited and like, it was so fun. I always love it and look forward to 2024. Okay. What was your favorite song that I sang then? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you sang, oh my gosh, you did some raps. She always has to do some raps. You tried to do um, a hard rap. Which, who, what song was that? It was like a Nikki song. No, the song, what song was the one it? that we were doing together. No, you did one with someone that was someone else, and like you didn't really know the words very well. <laughs> That's actually a lie because every other song I did, I slayed. The only one I was struggling with was with you, and you were also offbeat. And I wait, which was one was driving it? Driving me nuts. We sang goodies. Okay, and the first male of all, part. Okay, one second. Let me finish. Oh my god, the gosh, male part no. is very hard, and so yeah, that one I was struggling. I literally only said like every. 10th word but then when it was sierra's part she was going off and i was singing parker off tune off tune and i off beat not off tune off also beat. off tune and no I you're was, the off tune one i'm the off beat one yeah anyways <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding i'm kidding i literally had you're to ask parker so is like sir have you heard this song before because no you i are never not, had you are not slaying you are not serving so then you had to give your microphone to colin and Colin, he picked up the pieces. He tried he to. He picked up the pieces. I left a lot of pieces, though, but Colin did try. But um, You left the crumbs, and he ate and left no crumbs. There was a few crumbs left from you. 
But he had to also pick up. No, but here's the thing is we there is so much pressure and Sierra did the whole, you know, karaoke challenge, which where's the video? I've been waiting for the video. I know, I need to put it is up. in the edits. Um and like she like, you know, where you your back's to the TV. Blind you have karaoke. The karaoke. It's blind karaoke. The pressure is on and you gave me a song. What song did you give me? I don't even remember. Oh, you gave me Act Up by the City Girls, which Okay, yeah, I listened to the song, but like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. I, it was a lot of pressure. Anyways, um, yeah, but it was good. I just like had a chill Sunday, um, hung out with the fam, did some errands, and that's about it. That's fun. What about you? I helped Courtney move. Yes. And then... <laughs> Me, Brooke, and Courtney stayed and chatted till 3 a.m. once again. The so mom's I, night out. I need to be cut off. I need to be cut off and I need to literally have like a cutoff that by the time it's 1 a.m., kick me out of your home because I can this chat message goes all to, night. This message goes to directly to Courtney and Brooke. I never, I mean, I've met Courtney a couple times. never met Brooke. This message goes to you. No, Kick her out. literally. Kick her out of the house. You no, know, and then Cells. Okay, so this happened again my, at my Galentine's. I was like, oh, Cells. I think I overstayed. I think in their heads they're like, get this girl out of here. Why didn't she leave eight hours ago? So I'm sharing in my insecurity with him. So I come home, you know, last week again, 3 a.m. And the first thing he says to me is, did they want you to leave earlier? Did you overstay your welcome? And I said, sir, not you coming for my insecurity. I was like, babe. Not him truly coming through my throat. Yeah, I was just like, babe. I said, no, I was fine. But, anyways, it's fine. Not to get on that, but. No, I. It's fun. I'm jealous. I literally can't hang anymore. I feel like I got all my energy out in my early 20s, and now it's it's getting close to 10 o'clock, and I need to head home. Like, I literally, like, I can't function anymore. I feel like once I hit 26. It's a downhill road. Well, don't say that because I'm about to be 26. But I'm just being dramatic. We're still okay. thriving. We're in our prime. Yeah, your 20s are your... I actually heard like 30s are like so amazing. No, actually so. like 20s are low-key still adolescence and 30s is really the prime. Like legit. Like you look at people in their 30s, prime. You're right. You have so much to look forward to. So much living... So much uh, podcasting to do, so much talking. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, it was a very chill weekend. This week will also probably be chill. I'm just gearing up for Taylor. I'll be honest. I know. I'm I still need up. to order an outfit. I or ordered some out things actually. Doing. I ordered some things. Also, where are we staying? Um, we're staying at. This is probably an off podcast topic. Yeah, let's talk about it later. Sorry for anyone. No one gives a shit. And everyone who's salty about it no, doesn't actually, want to hear just, about the Taylor we, no, we plans. Literally, we literally just like lost like 15 more listeners because we I talked I talked about Vegas again. So I'm done talking about that. Not really though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, we are starting a new segment on this podcast called Spilling the Tea. And we're going to be doing this every month. And it's going to be a topic that's a little bit more serious. We like to have a lot of fun on here. And a lot of our podcasts have been super just like funny and light. And once a month, we're going to be doing Spilling the Tea, where we kind of just tap into something 
a little bit different. And to kick us off, we are going to be <laughs> talking to Mr. Parker Wood about his experience growing up gay in a predominantly Christian community. So let's give a round of applause for Parker. Uh, wow. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate this opportunity. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, this is definitely something we're looking forward to, to doing and implementing into the show. I will still have like some fun commentary, I'm sure. I mean, we're just comedy geniuses, but like, we also like want like there's so much more to us than like the funny silly things. There's a lot of like depth there, not to like sound like a like a piece of work that sounded like pretty uh, annoying. Of me. We're actually deep and not just crackhead energy. Always. No, that was actually so annoying. <laughs> I'm canceled. <laughs> but like, I think there, you know, there's some good things we can talk about, and so I think it'll like be personal experiences that we have and also like maybe like current events if we feel so inclined but yeah so this episode we're going to be diving into just like my experience of growing up gay and my journey and 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 figuring out who I am and and where I belong in this world but it's very vulnerable so if my voice cracks no I'm not 12 years old he's crying okay I'll probably be crying Anyways. And also, let's just um, remember to respect others. And if you would like to share your opinion or your experiences, we'd love that. But if you're going to spread hate, it is on site. And I will come for your ass if you try to come for Parker, is all I'm saying. Oh. So. Oh, my gosh. Same with Sierra. If you ever come for her, <laughs> I literally will come for your ass. But, um, yeah, like everyone's story is so different. And this is just my experience. And, like, everyone has different experiences and is also valid. So I just wanted to put that out there as well before we start. Okay, well, let's get into our first segment of Spilling the Tea. Okay, mm. so, Parker, when did you know that you were gay? Hmm, when did I know? I I think it's like it was a, over a process of years when I kind of figured out that I was different than, you know, other boys, like in my in my class at school. Um, in my grade, I think it was definitely like junior high years when I realized that I was different. And I've always been a little quirky, been my own little individual self, been unique into things that aren't, you know, usual. Love my Barbies when I was growing up. Yes. Um, just like things like that. But I mean, I don't know. It's just like really interesting to like look back. But I think for sure I realized I liked boys when I was like 14. And then it kind of just like... I pushed it aside, hiding it for, for many, many years. Um, but it would, it would come up, you know, I'd, I would develop, develop a crush on someone at school and then I would just truly would hide it and like not want to talk about it. Um, cover up with a girlfriend, with dating girls, with, um, you know, saying with beards, as you can say, with uh, one of them being Miss Sierra Matini herself. <laughs> I was, I was never, we never dated No, but I'm, no, 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 I'm saying you were like a beard. Like I used you as like, oh yeah, I have a crush on Sierra. Like she's oh. so hot. Like, uh, I like, never knew that. No, like on my mission, like I literally had a picture of you and I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Like this is like, this is, I'm being dead ass serious. Like you can ask one of my companions, like on my mission, which for anyone who's not aware of what missions are, we'll dive into that later. So just a heads up with that. But, um, 
I fully had a picture of you and like and like my friends and like my family. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like Sierra, like she's on the Utah dance team. Like she's so hot. Like, <laughs> like just like really like diving into that. But like, I mean, they believed it because you are stunning. And oh, we did have pictures of love of us alone. I had a picture of us like remember that picture of us in front of Leatherbees? No, I literally can picture it right now. <laughs> it was the day before I left my mission. I went to Leatherbees to get ice cream. It's like an ice cream shopping here in Salt Lake. And there's a picture of us hugging in front of it. And yeah. that was the last time I saw you before I left my mission for two years. But um You showed that picture that. and you're like, this is my girlfriend. I fully had like my mom send that to me. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not lying. But um anyways, so I think definitely like fifteen. And in high school, like I was really trying to be like a good Mormon kid. I went to seminary, I went to church every week. I was involved in church, like I like was always doing things. Um I was like, I was kind of like known, like, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like I was perceived as like a good Mormon kid, like in high school, like. Except for when you slept seminary with Kylie to get Starbucks. That was a little secret. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm being kidding. gay and getting coffee. Those are my secrets in high school. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't like, I mean, I wasn't like a. You weren't rebellious. I, you weren't a rebellious I wasn't like, a rebellious person. kid. Like, yeah, there's things I did. Like, I wasn't like a perfect, you know, none of us are, but like. I was definitely aspiring to be perfect, but I mean, it just never was. I think there was so much pressure to hide who I was. I remember like uh, some like lessons in church growing up, like saying homosexuality is only second to murder. Yeah. I was going to ask you <laughs> about that. Yeah. 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 So like how, like as you're, growing up in church and you're, you know, you're raised in this religion. And so you obviously are not like you're 14 and you're like, I'm gay. I'm leaving. Like that wasn't it. And so you're like trying to, you know, go to church. And like you said, be like a really good Mormon and like going to church, going to seminary. So like when you were at church or maybe like around people that you loved and cared about, like family mm -hmm. or friends, and they said something that's kind of like, bashing on the LGBTQ community and stuff like how did you handle that and like what was yeah. your feelings like towards yourself in yeah. that moment as well I mean being full like fully transparent and this is not going to get me canceled and if it does a few guys I was like low-key homophobic like I think I was just like raised in a society like we were like I feel like things in 2013 are so different than they are in 2023. Oh, for sure. Like when we were sophomores in high school in 2013, like things were so different. Like, yeah, I think like there was gay kids in our school. Like no one really, like from what I saw, at least I'm sure they did get bullied. If I got bullied pretending to be straight, I can't imagine what it's like being out and gay in high school. Like oh, for if sure. I was getting called, you know, the F word, like slurs in school, like I can't imagine what it's like being called or like being like out and open, you know? And there was definitely a few kids who, they're so brave and I look back on them now like and I like admire their bravery and in some ways I I wish that I had that bravery to like be myself and like be who I was in high school because there's a lot of things I regret like with the way that I acted the way the way that I like carried myself like this is my this might be a dumb example but like this is like not really in my sphere I know what you're gonna say and just say it what am I gonna say that you wanted to be on cheer. Yes. And I really, there's things that I wish I would have done in high school. Like I wish I was on cheer. I wish I would like, would have like had the courage. Cause like 
I growing up, I did mini cheer. Like I love to watch the cheerleaders. Like my brother played football in high school. He was really good, but I'd go to watch the cheerleaders. Like I knew all the cheers. I knew all of them. Like even like with you, like being on drill, like I would just like wish that I felt comfortable enough in my skin to like dance, to, like do stuff like that. Well, and, and like, it's, it's different when like, you know, there are other, there were boys on cheer, but they were also straight and like did things. So it's like some of them. Yeah. When you're like a, closeted and you're and you know the first thing that people are going to say when you're on the church team like oh you're so gay like and so it's like that's already harping on an insecurity and something that you're trying to hide so you're like i'm not going to put myself out there to be called gay to be called these things where i'm like already hiding this part of myself and it's only going to get exacerbated by doing what i actually love absolutely that puts it in such good words like yeah the boys who are on the cheer team like they're probably a lot more comfortable in their sexuality. I'm sure there's like a lot of insecurities there because of like the soul, like society assumptions. At least it's like, the toxic at least masculinity. Our, at least in our area. Like if you were a cheer team, like it was automatically assumed that you were gay, even though that's not true. Like a lot of boys participate in cheer because it's a very like, it's a cool sport. It's well, so and awesome. And if you're on cheer and a man, you are buff. You are you're so tossing strong. the girlies like, up. You are like literally so strong and like, well, anyway. even the girls on cheer are strong. Oh, um, no. It's not it just is, boys. It it's is like such, as like, cheerleaders. No, anyone who participates in cheer, I'm obsessed with. But like, that's like an example that I'm glad you brought up because like my neighbor growing up in my cul-de-sac and also like our friend Kylie, they were on the cheer team. I remember them like encouraging me because they knew that I like always like had an interest in it to be a part of cheer, but I just never did. And that's something I wish I would have done or like, along those lines of, and I even remember like being a little kid, my mom signing me up for gymnastics and like going, I went to like a few classes, but I like felt like so like embarrassed that I was like, that I liked it and that I liked to watch gymnastics and like, like that kind of stuff that I stopped going. And it was a lot of my own insecurities, a lot of my own like shame being raised in like the culture that we were like, not necessarily like my family, like my family, I think they would have been fine and accepting with it, but it still was like our culture and like our church community, like our state community. Like we grew up in a very predominantly LDS state, like, and it still is that way. And so it just was really difficult. It was really challenging. And I think it was a lot of my own insecurities of not conforming to like what I was taught was acceptable and perfect. So back to my question about Sorry. like when you heard something at church or like yeah. that was like, oh, homosexuality is the second greatest sin after murder. Like what was like going through your mind? Like you're like, agree, that is so horrible. Or were you like, well, what does that mean for me? Yeah. Like what were, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. Oh, no, that's fine. I want you to speak whatever you want to say. I think in regards, I remember growing up in church and I'm going to go back to like, my family, like my mom always made comments of like, why are you so quiet at church? Like you're so quiet. Like you hardly talk. Whereas like at school, I was like, so like outgoing. I'm a chatterbox. I was always getting in trouble for talking. Like (laughs) that's accurate. I like, I was like a talker. Like I had friends, like mostly girls, like just like, you know, being a little social butterfly that I am. Um, but at church I was always so quiet. Like I was so well behaved and I think a lot of it was because like I felt like a sense of like 
like sadness because I knew like what I was feeling, especially like in my teenage years, like I was aware of like what I was feeling. I was aware of like, you know, who I was liking and like trying to suppress that so much that I was trying to be extra good at church to like, so that way like no alarms would be set off. That way no one would have any suspicions about me. Like, I mean, it was, I wasn't going to get murdered, you know, it's not like it's a dangerous place, but it's like, I also wanted to like be accepted and like not be different and like not have to like be questioned for like my, yeah like who I was, you know? So I think that's like a lot of like my church upbringing was just like trying to like fit into this box. And I don't, I mean, I think everyone is so different, like whether you're gay, straight, whatever, like it's just hard to fit into that box and not feel like a pressure. For sure. For sure. So you knew that you were gay around 14 or 15. When did you accept that about yourself? Um, I first came out to two of my best friends, um, McKaylee and Aaliyah. It was actually first McKaylee and I was 17. It was like right before senior year. So it was like the summer between our junior and senior year, 2014. Um, and I feel like I finally accepted it like during that last like school year where it's like, I knew I had a crush on a boy who we all had crushes on. I mean, stunning. Mm-hmm. And I think we like had like, I like being around like honestly you guys like you and like Kelsey and Sierra like or you and Kelsey and Kelly you are Sierra sorry, um, I'm getting my tongue all twisted, <laughs> <laughs> but I think like being around that and like seeing that I like I do like them like I do feel different around boys like I want to be around them like not I mean yeah you know what I mean like just you know you like someone and so I feel like I finally accepted it. I told them when I was 17 and those are the first people I ever came out to. And they're the only people I told for literally like like three or four years. It was like three and a half years. And they were the only two people I told and like they kept that like so close to them. Like that's why I will always have like such a strong bond with them because like I know I can trust them. Like I can trust them with like the darkest things and like and I hope that they feel the same way about me. Like they're still some of my best friends. Like and I adore them dearly. And yeah, that was like my journey. I, I accepted it. But I think during that time, it's like, oh, I can still like girls. Like, I think I might be like bi or whatever. Like, I think I like girls. Yeah. Uh. And, <laughs> um, yeah, that's like senior year was a really interesting year because I knew I was gay. I knew I liked boys, but I also still wanted to fit in Yeah, and still be a good Mormon kid and still like go on a mission and that was all my choice. Like I had no pressure from my family. My parents sat me down um, that same summer in 2014 and said, you do not have to serve a mission if you don't want to. You can go to school. You can do whatever. Like there's no pressure. So I was like fully my choice. Granted, there is like a societal pressure. So many of our friends were going on missions. Like literally every single person that we knew, I swear, that was like somewhat active in the church was going on a mission. Like, like I yes. would say like, I don't know if this is a stretch, but like at least 80% of like our graduating class that were men that were in the church went. would went. No, if not, if not more of like, the active also like yes kids, if not more. And if you didn't, it was like 
oh, oh what's wrong with them? They like, had sex with someone or like yes. something like it's it's not like simply they didn't want to go. It's like there's a reason like they're addicted to pornography or they yeah, there was so many yeah it's like it's so many rumors. Like so if you like you didn't go, it's gonna start more drama than which is pornography addiction is a whole different episode we'll talk about. Oh yeah. Because I think never mind. But that's a whole different tangent. I don't need to get on that today. Because I think there's just like a lot of again pressure in the religion that we grew up in. Like this is not me talking shit on the LTS church. Like it can be a good place to raise a family if that's what you choose. Like that is 100% okay. I think you just like, need to make sure that you're aware of like your kids might not fit in. And like to be like supportive parent and to be loving, which people in our generation that I know are those people. And like, I think our parents also tried to be the best they can with like the tools that they were given. Um, anyways, that's another tangent but yeah so that was like senior year trying to like dive into that I knew I was gay but I had never really fully accepted it in myself that this is who I was like I was like oh it's just a small part of me I can like hide this I don't have to deal with this like I can still fit into this box and like check off all the boxes and and be that Mormon that I wanted to be so like when did you fully accept it about yourself then like for sure, I think uh, this is such a hard question because like, there's like phases mm-hmm. and people, I mean, th- there's like legit like studies on this. Like there are different phases of like being like gay and like any type of like gender nonconforming fluidity, like sexuality, whatever you want to like talk about. There's so many like different like phases of like acceptance of like being aware and like whatever phase you're in is just fine like there's no pressure to come out of the closet like you just like do your own journey at your own time but like for me and my journey I really think I accepted it fully when I was 21 and I think like during my mission I like realized that I was different than like the other elders like I was so different and not just because I liked boys just because like of like what my interests were, you know, like I was just like so different. And like, I mean, that's obviously not a stereotype. Like that's not to say that everyone, you know, likes the same thing. Obviously this is a nuanced conversation, but like I was just like so different and I just felt weird and like out of place so much of my mission and just like disconnected and like not present. And yeah. Do you think any of your like companions or anyone like knew you were gay on your mission? Yes. I never talked about it with anyone on my mission during my mission, but post, you know, here we are five years post, uh, post operation. (laughs) (laughs) I have talked to like a few of my companions about it and like they had ideas, but they never really wanted to like talk to me about it because they didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable and like, or to like assume or to like assume and like, they genuinely like I for the most part I mean there was a few that were not because I was gay just because they were idiots that I not I mean that made me sound mean they don't know who they are though like there was a few like who I don't I literally haven't spoken to in like years um that drove me insane but then there's like there was some that are truly amazing individuals and they're so kind and like those are the ones like who I still talk to did you ever have to teach about like how the church does not like accept marriage between like same sex couples or anything on your mission? And like, how did that feel? Like, cause you're basically like teaching against like who you are. 
Um, the law of chastity. I that's like if again for anyone who's not familiar with LDS culture, you're probably aware of like what missionaries are because I feel like we probably have people who are listening who aren't LDS. But um, you serve a mission for two years. You teach the the church's gospel. You know it's Christ centered, bringing people to the church, baptism, that kind of stuff. But like part of the lessons is you go through and like one of the last lessons before someone decides to either proceed with joining the church or not is the law of chastity. And I would always opt out of teaching that. Like I would like in, like, a, smart, in a smart way, like I would always like avoid teaching that because like it made me feel so uncomfortable. And I would like, I remember there was one time I tried to teach it and I got so red and I got so like flustered that afterwards, like my companion was like, um, are you okay? And I'm like, I just like need some time. <laughs> and, um, there was also experiences on my mission where people in the public who, you know, weren't members of the church, like we'd meet them on the streets. There was one time I met them in a restaurant. I don't know if I ever told you this story where this woman came up to us, me and my companion and like four other missionaries were eating at a restaurant and I served in Texas for anyone who's interested. I served in Texas and Louisiana and this woman like basically starts like verbally attacking me. Like she was like, she was like this man, he's gay. He's gay. He's, he's brainwashed. He's, he's here on, not on his own will. Like look at him. Like he's so gay. He's like all this, that. And like, I like, I was like really angry um, cause all, all, not only was like, I, I mean, I never confirmed, but like, I basically was outed to other missionaries. She was, it was in a restaurant setting and it probably was like one of the most like traumatizing and like embarrassing moments of my entire life because like I was trying so hard to like be like, I don't know how, like, how to say that. Like, I'm like I was, literally going to start crying. It was, um, I'm going to start crying too. It was a really intense moment. And there was one of the missionaries who finally was like, Hey, like leave him alone. Like stop talking to us. Like you can leave. And then there was some ladies at a table next to us who they like obviously heard anything. Cause this woman was like yelling. Like she was like, like everyone. And she was like, everyone look, everyone look, this boy is gay. Like he's brainwashed. And like, he's here on his like on his own will and like all this like terrible stuff. And, um, I was like, I'm, first of all, I'm not here on my own will. I chose to come here. Like I have parents who love me and, um, yeah, it was just really intense. But the one elders, he stuck up for me and the ladies next to us also stuck up for me. Like, Hey, like leave him alone. Like what's wrong with you? Like go back to your table and one of the ladies ended up paying for like my mail because they felt so bad because it's like you just like that it's just really messed up that someone would do that and I think like that moment was a really defining moment for me um in my mission it was like towards like the end of my mission I think I had been out for probably a year and a half at that point um and I was in like one of my favorite favorite cities I was in and like for that to happen was a big damper. But I remember that night after it happened, we left the restaurant. We went back to the apartment because like my companion and the granted the companion that I had at the time, he was really difficult. We did not get along. We were not friends, but he was like pretty nice during this, this time. 
And so were the other elders. Like, I think they could tell that I was like visibly, visibly like shaken. I mean, rightfully so. Like for someone. Like to be outed is one thing, but to be outed on your mission. And like, and like such like a, and like she knew what she was doing. Like she knew what she was doing. And like, I mean, she obviously like had an idea of like what the church is and like, you know, had her own ideas about whatever, but it still is not right to do that to anyone. And it was just terrible. But anyways, we went to um, some people who went to church in that area, some members of the ward, their home. They had us over for, for dinner that night. And these people like were some of my favorite people that I met on my mission. Like we went to their house once a week and I was there for six months. So I knew them like really well. Like I had been there for a few months and I told them what happened because like I was like so shaken and like my companion, like bless his heart, he was just like not like able to like really like help me through the, this, this moment. Cause it was like yeah. so dark and it was like such like a pivotal, like intense traumatic moment of like my life. And so I told him what happened and I'm going to cry again. But like the mom of the family was like, well, Jared, if you're gay, that's okay. And like, we still love you the same. And it what was like, sweetie. I remember like, it was like, and like they, st- I still keep in contact with them. Like they're so nice and uh, it you just were like, meant to be in that area. At I that was time. meant to be like in that area, like whether you believe in God or not. Like, I really think that like I was meant to be like in that moment. Cause like, if not, who knows? Like I would have been in, I mean, like granted I was like depressed for the whole two years. Let's be completely honest and upfront. Like I was unwell mentally, but like it did give me like a little bit of like, okay, I'm okay. I'm loved. Well, and it's it's like, going to be okay. If you had someone that was like, not as supportive or like open-minded at that time. Cause I do feel like there has been more in like, I mean, at least I've noticed it since you and Jace came out to me Yeah, that like there are more people that are like very accepting and loving yes. and kind of like fighting for that in the church. But I do think like during high school in that time, I could not say the same. Yeah. And so it's so good that she was like open-minded and there to like love and support you and not be like, we love this. We hate this and hate the, Wait, hate the, love this, love the sinner, hate the sin, love the sinner, hate the sin. And God be like, we his, love you, but we don't support hum, like homosexuals. That alternate lifestyle. Yeah. I hate when people say it's an alternate lifestyle. Like it's not like, it's like it's who just, would choose? Like it, I didn't choose this pain and trauma. I didn't. Well, I this just, is just wanna, who I am. I just want to say people who are like, it's a choice. Tell that to the people who have grown up in this, like in a church community and have to, you know, come out to their family and friends and loved ones and risk having people literally cancel them to say, we don't support you to ostracize themselves from your life. Like it is not a choice. So let's get over it and don't say things that are silly like that. Just be loving and accepting and like try and understand like everyone's experience is so different. Like everyone's even like my experience is so different from like the next person's yeah. who's also gay or, or part of the LGBTQ community. Like everyone's experience is so different and that's where it's like, yeah, I don't know. But, um, was there ever a time in your life where you were like, well, I guess I'm just going to be celibate my whole life. And yeah. like that you like wanted to stay in the church and we're just like, I'll just basically never act on like who I am or like fully accept that part of myself. I think more high school me 
I low-key feel like my mission made me accept who I was. Like, after that experience at that restaurant where I got attacked verbally, <laughs> where I truly was attacked, and, you know, I can laugh about it sometimes, but there's other times, like, well, I just, like, will cry about it, because it's, like, crazy. And there's been so many other times where that, but nothing ever as intense as that um, has happened to me. But I think I kind of always knew that I was just going to, like, live my truth. But there was also a part of me where it's, like, I do want to, like, give it a try and, like, give it a try and be straight. <laughs> So like after my to mission, get married and have kids. No, it's like after like a mission, like after my after my mission, I went on dates with girls. I was really trying that whole thing. It lasted about two months. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I trying to be someone I'm not? Like, why am I trying to like appease, you know, whether it's my family, whether it's myself, whether it's the church, you know, like I finally like realized I just am who I am. And I mean, it was a journey once I got off my mission to unpack everything and, and to really like dive into who I am and like who I want to be and like what I stand for as an individual. Um, and you know, it's been five, like five and a half years now. So since I, since I came over my mission, almost five years since I came out. That is wild. Speaking of coming out, yeah. when you came out, well, like, I feel like when you came out to me, it was the most craziest moment of our yeah. lives. But then, like, literally that night, you were like, I'm going to tell my parents tomorrow. So, like, what were your, like, thoughts and feelings, like, telling them, like, what was yeah. going through your head? Um, I mean, coming out to you and Jace was, like, truly funny unplanned and, and unplanned and I had always like after my mission I made it a promise to myself that I wouldn't tell anyone else because I told Aaliyah and McKaylee in high school I was like I'm not going to tell anyone else until I tell my parents because I was like I feel like they need to know I'd like to tell them you know plans got a little changed and that's okay I truly think it happened the way it was supposed to happen because it gave me a push to tell my parents and so I did tell them the next day you know it's been a learning curve I think for them but overall they accepted it they love me it's been good but I mean there's been times where it's like that you know not to I mean yeah it's just been like difficult for sure but overall good and but the coming out to them I was unwell like I had so much anxiety I remember I threw up a couple times before I told them. I didn't know that. I like remember like you know that green robe I love. I was wearing my robe. I sweat through like I sweated through the robe. <laughs> like I had sweat stains, and I remember like I was wearing like my my Fitbit at the time. Your heart rate. They're like, sir, calm no, down, calm is, down. This is pre before I got my Apple Watch, but they're like, your heart rate is high. Like, take a breath. <laughs> like, um. It was like calling 911 for you. No, it was like really <laughs> intense. Like it was so intense and I like was truly like basically having a panic attack. Um, but I came out to them and I felt so relieved and they both were like, well, we love you and you're always our, you're always our son. And that's that. Um, you know, everything comes with learning curves, stuff like that. Their expectations of me had to shift. Um, but I mean, five years later, I think it's been like a good journey. And then I eventually told like the rest of my family and like my immediate family. And uh, here we are. 
here we are. Here we are. What do would you like? What advice do you have, like, for I don't know. I know a lot of people who are listening are like our age, but like, what would you? What advice do you have, like, if someone were to come out to you or like to them, like, what's something you would like recommend or like something that you wish maybe you had mm-hmm. when you came out to people, like, yeah. Did I, that question make sense? I don't know. Yes. Okay. Honestly, it makes me think of like you, Loki, because like you were truly like, I mean, it was funny because like you were in shock, but also you were so loving. And I think I love that because it's like, if someone comes out to you, you don't say, I knew it. I knew you were gay. I knew it all along. I feel like that like kind of like invalidates someone's like a, like journey. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, and that's speaking for me is... When someone said, I knew you were gay. Like, it's like, okay, well, thanks, bitch. Like, You're like, what do you want an award? Do you want an award? I'll get you a gold star. Like, congratulations. <laughs> but it's like, I think just like being loving and compassionate. Like, oh, like, thank you so much for telling me. Like, I know that's like a really like, it can be a really, really intense thing. Now, obviously, as a society, I think I would love to get to a point where like, kids don't feel a pressure to come out. They don't feel a pressure to have to like. Say. Say it. Say it on record. And like, be like I am gay. FYI, like, I'm gay. Like just be who you are, like who you like. And we can like, I think as a society, we are progressing to that point. Like I think in the last like few years, we definitely have like getting better. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people out there who still have a lot of hatred in their hearts and a lot of misled information in their brains. Um, But I think overall as a society, it's like, just be who you are, love who you love and just be a good person like just be a good person at the end of the day and that's like all it's that's all that matters yeah and I think like if someone is coming out to you they're trusting a part of themselves that again not many people know or you know that they're just starting to share and so I think like if someone comes out to you just you know like you said like thank them say like I appreciate like that you trust me with this part of you and like love and support and I don't think if you're at that point, then just maybe just say thank you for yeah. trusting me and go have your own reaction and then come back to them when you're ready. Yes. Because I do think that a lot of people, and again, I don't know, I'm just saying this, but I think people react poorly and then it hurts their relationship instead of just like taking a moment to process yeah. and realize it is not about you. Exactly. In that moment, it's not about you and how you feel and what your beliefs are. And if you think it's right or wrong or if you're going to support that, like that's not the time and place to discuss that. Take yourself home, write it in your journal and then <laughs> talk to someone about it. Like, wow, that's my thoughts. Sarah has some strong feelings. I love it. Well, I'm just saying like it would just break my heart if like, let's say my reaction, like you came out to me and I was just like. Parker, I love you, but I do not support you. Like in the moment, like that is such a slap in the face to you to be like, I trust you to share this part of me and you're going to tell me you don't support me or, oh, I don't believe that's right. Like marriage is ordained between a man and a woman, like time and place, Yeah, time and place. And you did it at my birthday dinner. (laughs) I did have my birthday dinner. (laughs) Second fucking cock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Time and place sorry. again. I got off on that tangent, but and that you did, and you did it at my birthday dinner. <laughs> uh, For anyone who doesn't know, it's a reference to a beauty influencer fight in circa 2019. So let's go look it up. It's uh, Tati Westbrook and James Charles. 
And that sound has been going around on Twitter lately. I'm so grateful to having a resurgence because like I was living for that drama in 2019. I remember the time and place where I was at. I was in London, England, sitting down because Willie was gone. (laughs) I was I watched like literally like three hours with the YouTube. You were a I was YouTube catching up. kid. I was ca- a I'm a YouTube kid. kid for sure. I remember like growing up and like taking like those like am I gay quizzes. Like, Stop. Were they always yes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're always yes. I remember always doing that. Anyways, wow. That was I <laughs> really topic, just thank you. No, but thank you for what you're saying. I really like if anyone doesn't know Sierra, Sierra is a true ally. And she not only like says it but she like does it like she really does like she truly has like been such an ally even before I came out like I remember like when you like I mean when I was on my mission like you were working working at H&M always around the gays every single person that worked at H&M I swear was gay was gay (laughs) and we had the best time and they'd be like who wants to go out tonight and I was like me (laughs) so yeah as much as I wish I was there to experience that version of Sierra I'm grateful for this version of Sierra so it's uh it happens for a reason um yeah and then here i am five years later went to therapy a lot did a lot of therapy unpacking working through a lot of uh a lot of mental health journeys and, and issues and it's just been a journey and life is a journey and uh there's still so much growth and, and learning to do you know yeah and i agree with you i hope that one day we get to a place in society where people don't have to come out or that it's not, I feel like, and not, to, I don't know if this is like saying it correctly, but like that it's not a big deal yeah. because I feel like it's like such a huge deal when someone's like, I'm gay and they're like, yeah. <gasps> what's going on? But it's just like, I just want to get to a point where it's just like, slay, yeah. cool. And like, it's not like, you by admitting that you're either gonna maybe lose your friends or your yes. family or something it's just like that's just like i hope we get to a place where it's like saying like my favorite color is orange you know yeah where it's not like, it's like oh i like thing. him or i like her or I like whoever yeah i agree no i really think that it's like i it is a big deal because like there's so much hatred still and that's why there's so much like pressure on it because there is so much homophobia transphobia um whatever you want to call it towards the LGBTQ community. And that's why it's so, there's much pressure on it because like our society, it's still so new. I mean, it's, it hasn't even been eight years since, um, the United States fully legalized same sex marriage. And then you have the fight for trans rights. Like it's under, under attack. That community is under attack every day in this country. Um, so it's just like, that's why it's such a big deal still. And I just like, I, I pray and hope that it doesn't, that it, it gets better. Yeah. And same. that it just, cause it has gotten better, you know, since, you know, 30 years ago, but like there's still so much like work left to do, um, of like acceptance of, of love, of compassion, of empathy. And that's the tea. That's the tea. I think it's honestly like people just need to be more educated and also like, if you don't understand because you're not gay, like why does that mean you can't like support and like love others who are going through it? Because it's like, just because that's not your experience doesn't mean you can't validate someone else and still love and support, even though they have something going on that's different from you. And like, if we could all just be more empathetic, loving, 
and kind, wow, the world would be a, be a, in a different lot place. better place. I had one last question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Do you feel like when you first came out and like started to, you know, tell more people? Because I know like you came out and then you like told your friends and family, but it still wasn't like you didn't like post on Instagram.com and say, hi, everyone. I'm gay. Yeah, I never you know? have. Never so it's just too. like, do you feel like, though, like during that time of you like coming out that like being gay was like the only thing about you that it was like that was like oh this is parker he's gay you know like do you feel like that happened to you or do you feel like you never went through that or do you feel like that still happens yeah or again i don't know if that question is like articulated well i love that question thank you for asking that question um I was going to bring that up earlier, but we obviously went on a tangent because this has just been one long tangent, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I hope that, I mean, it just, I really love this conversation. Anyways. Yes. I think even myself for a long time, I was like, I'm gay. I'm blah, blah, blah. like, yeah, that's who like, that was, it's a big part of me, but like, there's so much more to me than You're just You're multifaceted. Like, You're not just Parker and exactly. gay. Exactly. Like, and I think there is a tendency for people to just label someone like their sexuality or their gender identity as like, that's all they are. Like in reality, like each person, each individual, just like anyone else on this planet, we're all different. Like we all have different interests. We all have different likes. Like, you know, I, yeah. Like think about the gay people. Like if you know multiple gay people, maybe you don't know a gay person and that's okay. You can know me. Hello. My name is Parker. And like, there's so much more about me than just like my sexuality and like, who I want to love and who I want to like spend my life with, you know? Um, but I do think I put up that pressure on myself that I had to like kind of like overcompensate a little bit for like the years that I wasn't being myself. But I think now like, you know, going into like my mid approaching my late twenties, <laughs> actually JK, I'm not saying that I'm still in my mid You're for in another your couple mid. years. You're in your, well, 27 is still like a mid, right? No, I think we decided 27 is late. I think we were right, but I just don't want to say it. Like I'll early is 21 year. to 23, mid is 24 to 26. You're right. And we did establish 27 to 29 that. is late. Okay, so I'm approaching my late 20s. My late 20s, and I think, and I hate just that that give me shivers down my spine saying that, but I think I've now like gained a new like balance of like you know. I love to watch Drag Race. Whoa, that was a speech impediment. I love, <laughs> I love to watch like Drag Race, but I also like love to watch. I love to go to football games. You know, I, I love to like, you know, support the the LGBTQ community. But I also, you know, there's other things. Like everyone is so different, and like what they like and what they do. And I think like, obviously, as like people like who know people in the LGBTQ community know that for sure. But like, there is like a societal like. It's the stereotype. Like, oh, you're gay. You like to go shopping. You like to dress up like a girl. You like to blah, 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 blah. Which a lot of that is like true, but like there's also so much more to it. Well, and there's also people who are gay that aren't like that. Exactly. And so I think, again, another wish for my society is that like boys and men can be, you know, more emotional, can, you know, like the things that they like. And not be accused of being gay. Like that is what is so annoying to me. And again, back to your cheerleading, like that you didn't do it because it's like, oh, you're on cheer, you're gay. And it's just like, why can't we just like let people love what they love? 
and and love who they love you know yeah. while we're at it let's all just be loving and kind and supportive and let people be who they are absolutely just, yeah as the once uh, or not as the wise taylor swift once said you need to calm down <laughs> that was like the chuggiest thing i've ever said in my entire life that, that, was, that was so chuggy i'm like, glad I, you said it i literally like got the ick for myself i also got the ick for you but it's okay because i live Ugh. off love you no matter what oh so. that was terrible oh so wow did you have anything else you wanted to say or like speak about you know not today I think there's uh, lots of things we can talk about. I think that's just like the very much like the basics of my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just a lot of like unpacking a lot of like other things that stem from the shame cycle of like being gay and and growing up in a very religious um, culture, society, whatever you want to call it, that I've had to be unpacked through lots of therapy and lots of self-reflection meditation and a lot of like hard lessons um that i had to go through yeah and that i still go through but i definitely the bulk of them i think came early 20s for sure the last thing i want to say yes is just if you are someone that is um very religious and you have someone come to you I just want you to remember that Jesus said love everyone so let's just put love at the forefront of your mind and just I think that if we were all just to show love and support Jesus would be happy with us and he wouldn't be happy with us for being rude or you know trying to shove what you think is right down someone else's throat So, especially in Utah, I think most of our listeners are in the United States, probably Utah as well. 99.9% of our listeners are. Just like, let's just like, maybe just sit with it for a second. Yeah. I just like, just sit with it for a second because I do think that there are people who are gay and they still want to go to church and like we want. That's okay. To have a place for them. And in order to have that, we need to have people that are open-minded. Yeah. So, that's my one thought love that thank you for sharing yeah everyone's journey is different if they just want to go to church go for it it's not for me personally but i still respect people who do yeah. and like that's totally fine whatever your journey is 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 valid as i said earlier but thank you so much for uh asking me these questions you're welcome i actually just had one more come to my mind oh yeah go ahead okay what are your thoughts okay so we already know that byu again is a church school here in the united states in the United States, in Utah. And there are gay kids that attend, but like being gay and like acting on those Mm -hmm. does like is against honor code, quote unquote. So like, what do you have to say for people who are like, why would you go there if you're gay? Like, what do you say to that kind of response? I mean, an outside perspective, I have never attended Brigham Young University, but I do know people who do attend and who are gay. And I think for them, a lot of them are from like out of state. And so you look at the church, it subsidizes the tuition. So there's no like difference between out of state or versus in-state tuition. Um, A lot of them also had the dream of going to BYU. Like they were like me. They wanted to be that good Mormon kid and their families, you know, they were BYU families, you know, 
my family is not. I'll tell you that right now. But like, it's like, if that's what they wanted to do, like they, they went there. And then once you get going into school, it's hard to transfer out because a lot of your credits from BYU don't transfer over. Because so, you're required to take like religion classes. Yeah. And so it's probably like, like they have a different curriculum than like a public school. I mean, for example, here in Utah, like most of the public schools are connected like because we're all part of the same education system. You have the University of Utah, you have Utah Valley, Utah State, Southern Utah, Utah Tech. Like there's so many different like universities and colleges and, and, and whatever you want to call it that are connected in the same education system. And a lot of the credits will transfer. Whereas if like BYU and you transfer to, to Utah Valley, a lot of your credits won't transfer over and you have to like basically add on another two years of college, which is going to be how much in expenses. Yeah. So I think a lot of, I mean, that's to me and like, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who is experiencing this, like just cost wise, like why would you do that to yourself and like, and set yourself back even further um, education? And, and you, I mean, it's just, there's a lot. And also I think a lot of people do like the culture of BYU and the education. It's a great education, great university. A lot of things happen. Um, a lot of opportunities happen to students that go there. And so I think that's like the biggest things. I mean, obviously there's a lot of like scrutiny and an attack on the LGBTQ community. BYU is getting a lot of flack for it. I mean, the churches as well. Um, it's just a really, really deep conversation. That could be a whole episode on its, on its own. On its own, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. We appreciate you being vulnerable with us and sharing your experience and yeah, I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. I can't wait to put the hot mic on you next time. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, me being vulnerable. And uh hope you guys have a wonderful week. And, and we, we just, just spilled, spilled the, the tea. tea. Bye.